helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today's show is about the truth about depression. We're going to be looking at the topic of depression and we'll be clarifying some of the current misconceptions that exist in Christian circles about depression and shedding some light as to what exactly does it mean when we talk about depression and how you can, uh, steps that you can take to get over your depression. With me in studio today as usual is Melissa Wagot. Welcome Melissa and thank you very much for being here with us again on the Life Transformation Radio Show. It's so great to join you each and every week Michael and I'm really excited to tackle some of the misconceptions about this topic with you and hopefully give people out there who may have uh, suffered from depression in the past or know someone that has as well. There's a lot of misconceptions out there and we're hopefully going to break those down for you today. Absolutely. But before we get into today's show, Melissa, let us welcome those uh, listeners who are faithfully joining us every week. If you have been a faithful listener for to this show. We thank you very much for listening to this show. And if you're a new listener, we, we want to thank you for joining us today on the Life Transformation Radio Show. And we would like to welcome you to join us every Monday morning when we're on the air at 9.30 a.m. So if you have joined us just out of coincidence this week, you can make it a habit. We'll be happy to have you joining us every Monday morning at 9.30. We usually have a different topic that we discuss, a different mental health topic that we discuss each week from a Christian perspective. And today's show is about the truth about depression. It's always a great way to start your week, right? Listening to our radio show, getting getting started off on the right foot. And I know, Michael, you always like to share with listeners um, the other piece of Elam Counseling Service aside from this radio show and other services people can access if need be. Yes, so we'd just like to remind our listeners that we are a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. The radio show is just one part of what we do. So if you're in need of counseling help, the, the radio show is a, is a resource that can help you that first step in getting information about what it is that you might be struggling with. But the, the, the other step is to get personalized help. And this is done through our counseling service. You can give us a call at 613-699-1677 if you think you're in need of help. We have a number of therapists on staff, including myself, and we're happy to help you. We're trained. We're professional psychotherapists. We're trained to help you with, with all your or most of your psychological needs. And uh, the difference between our service and other counseling services that we approach counseling from a biblical perspective. So we make sure that what we do is grounded in the Word of God. Another thing that sets us apart from other counseling centers is that we offer counseling on a sliding scale. So if you have been listening to this show and you're thinking, I need help, but I don't think I can afford it, give us a call. We might be able to work out something for you on a sliding scale. And we're only able to do this thanks to 
donations that we get from time to time. And these donations help us to be able to, to meet the cost of running a, a, a practice, including rental, including paying the therapist and all of that, and uh, still be able to offer counseling at a subsidized rate. So if you've been listening to this show, if you have benefited from our service in the past in any way, we invite you to please consider giving a donation to us. And donations can be made by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Another event we wanted to remind you listeners about is our upcoming conference coming up at the end of September on September 30th. We've been talking about it for the past few weeks, and it's entitled the First Love Conference. And there's going to be a variety of topics that we'll be covering through that that um that day um on september 30th it's going to be held at 1820 carling avenue at the church of god and michael can you remind people what they can expect from that day well this is i'm very excited about this conference because when we talk about first love a lot of what the bible talks about involves love the love of god the love of ourself and we're the love the word love uh comes up time and time again throughout all the most of the Bible. And so this first love conference is about love in primarily three areas. The first area we'll be dealing with self-love, restoring that healthy self-love. I think we come into this world with a healthy dose of self-love, but because of things like abuse and the neglect, uh, we, we lose that self-love. And many of us, even after becoming Christians, still struggle with with finding that that healthy balance between love loving ourselves healthily and, and narcissism and so we want to be able to help to address some of the that uh some of those negative uh areas of self-love in this conference. So the one part of the seminar will be dealing with that. The second part of the conference will be dealing with with restoring first love in couples' relationships. Many of us uh, fall out of love in our marital relationships, and this leads to a whole host of other problems, including, unfortunately, divorce in some cases. So we're, we are very excited about being able to give couples the tools to be able to fall in love again and to, and to have healthy marital relationships. And the third part of the conference, which is, which is going to be the spiritual component of the conference, will be dealing with God love. We, we are created to worship God. We are created to love God. But there are a host of other things that gets in the way. And some of those things include uh, things that we go through, unfortunate things that we go through in our childhood. And we don't realize that these things are sabotaging our ability to have uh, one-on-one time with God, to have intimacy with God. So this conference is going to help a lot of believers to be able to restore that God love. So if you want to join us on September 30th for our First Love Conference being hosted at 1820 Carling Avenue at the Church of God, we encourage you to go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or give us a call at 613-699-1677. And we'd be happy to get your name on that list so that you can join us again on September 30th for the First Love Conference. So Michael, you said off the top today's show, we are going to be talking about depression and more specifically the truth about depression. Why did you want to bring up this topic uh, today and have a discussion about it? 
Well, I think this uh, this topic is very, very important, Melissa, because I think there's still misconceptions about depression. And I think in Christian circles, unfortunately, unfortunately, there are still teachings that make people who are depressed feel as if they lack faith, as if they are not trusting God, and make them feel somehow as if they, they, are, they are defective. Spiritually, and, and I think this is really a very sad thing for believers who are struggling to have that added burden of feeling somehow that they're missing the mark spiritually, and that if they were just to be able to have faith, then if they had enough faith, then they wouldn't be depressed. And I think it's very unfortunate that there there are these misconceptions about depression out there. So the misconceptions are out there, but why are they so common? I think it's common because there are scriptures that are taken out of context and uh, people build a doctrine around these 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 scriptures and make it seem as if as a believer you're supposed to be void of emotion. So you could have the most stressful things happening in your life and you're supposed to go through it with a smile on your face because the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so if you're not exhibiting that joy of the Lord, then people will say that somehow you're not being obedient to the scriptures, but uh, people misinterpret that joy of the Lord to mean that you're going to have this smile on your face. So even if you have a child that has just died suddenly, or you just received the sad news that you have lost your job, then you're supposed to just be rejoicing with this joy of the Lord. And I think those kind of teachings are, are very, very harmful because God gives us a range of emotions for a reason. The emotions are not given to us by the devil. They're given to us by God. And we are given these emotions to to match the circumstances and the events that happen in, in our lives. So I think it would be very, very unusual for someone who has very who has just heard very traumatic news, for example, to be showing the joy of the Lord in that moment. I, I don't think that's scriptural to ex- expect Christians to act like robots. And then there are the scriptures that talks about God takes care of the birds of the fields, the, the birds of the air and the lilies of the fields. And so we are not supposed to have any thought about tomorrow or we're not supposed to think even the least uh, stressful thought about what is tomorrow going to be. And I think those kind of scriptures are taken out of context as well because there are circumstances that happen in our lives. For example, I mentioned before about the loss of a job and I think it's it's it, it's very, very normal to be concerned if you have just realized that you are out of a job. But we listen to some Christians speak and we get the feeling that if you are being a good Christian, you should hear that you have lost your job, you have lost your source of income, and you should just go, well, there's no problem because everything is just going to be okay and you never have any slight thought of worry. But this is not Biblical, and we're going to be talking more about that. Shed some light uh, from scriptures as we go through this show today. Mm-hmm. Because I know, and this is the thing: if you're your first time listener with us, you'll see we go back to the Bible a lot. Because though we know it was uh, written many, many years ago, um, because of the divine appointment of God in writing this, there's so much truth that we can 
glean from that and apply to our lives today. And one of the ways we like to do that is in terms of mental health and relationship challenges. And you've been able to pull out a story where they do talk about depression in the Bible. And it kind of shows an example of how, um, first off, that it's normal and also how to approach it when it comes up. And so what story have you found, Michael? Well, we look at the scripture in, in 1 Kings 19, and it's a story of this mighty man of God by the name of Elijah, Elijah the prophet. And we're told that Elijah had an episode in his life where he became depressed and exhibited many of the symptoms of depression. If you'd like to get a full grasp of the story, you can read the entire chapter. But because we're limited for time here today, I just want to to, to read maybe one or two verses from 1 Kings 19. And the first is 1 Kings 19, verse 3, where Elijah, uh, we are told, so Elijah fled for his life and he went to Beersheba, a city of Judah, and left his servant there. Then he went alone in the wilderness, traveling all day, and sat down under a broom bush and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, he told the Lord. Take away my life. I have got to die sometimes, and it might as well be now. Then he lay down and slept beneath the broom bush. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him to get up and eat. He looked around and saw some bread, bacon, and hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. So here we have a a story about this man, Elijah, this man that prayed and great miracles happened. And he got to a stage in his life where he experienced depression. He got got to a stage where he was showing many of the symptoms of depression and he said to God, God, take my life. I just can't take any more. And I think it's important as we discuss this story, uh, this this topic of depression, that we use this story as a backdrop because many of what we are going to be talking about as we discuss this topic are going to are going to be against the backdrop of First Kings nineteen. So, as you say, today's topic is all about depression. But before we get into it too much further, I'm wondering if you can define what we mean by depression when we're talking about it today. That, that's a very good question, Melissa. It's a good way to start, I think, because when we talk about depression, depression can range anywhere from having a sad mood that lasts for a, a couple of days or having a depressive episodes where someone becomes very, very downcast and unable to function, unable to go to work, unable to partake in the events of life and withdraws from all their activities and, and are incapable of, of, of fulfilling some of the daily tasks that they would do from time to time. So when we talk about depression, we are talking about this spectrum, this wide spectrum from just a mood that changes for a few days to having this depressive episodes. Now, uh, statistics show that 75% of people will have some form of depression over the period of their life. And statistics show too that the 75% of people uh, that that depression surpass any any socioeconomic uh, barriers. Like it doesn't matter what your class is, your socioeconomic class is, you can be depressed. The statistics show to that it 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 doesn't it it 
affects all professions. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you're a doctor or whatever your profession is, people of all professions become depressed and people of all spiritual beliefs and faith become depressed people of all ages become depressed so it it's a it's a it's an it's a mental illness that affects many people across a wide spectrum of society so are there specific <clears throat> clinical features of depression that you you would see someone exhibit Yes, we, we we talk about some of the hallmarks, features of depression, and this can be broken down in, in, I think, about five areas. So, number one is the sleep area. So, people who are depressed often have problems with sleeping, changing their sleeping patterns. And this can go from either a lack of sleep, which we, which we call insomnia, or too much sleep, which is called hypersomnia. And this is where a person just sleeping, sleeping all day and not engaging in life. Depression also affects appetite. And people who are depressed sometimes lose their appetite and they're, they, they're, they're not self-caring, they're not eating, they're not nourishing their bodies the way that they did before. Depression also affects thoughts. And people who are depressed sometimes become very hopeless, where they, they think about the future in very negative ways. So we will see sometimes people will come in who they're, before they will say they're usually very positive people, where they become depressed and they can't see anything positive about the future. So like Elijah that is saying, take my life, Lord, I wish that I would die. If we were to read the, the other passages, the, the, the prior passages before First Kings 19, we would see that this did not this does not typify Elijah's character. He's usually a very positive, upbeat person who trusted God and expected great things from God and took on great challenges. But here in this story, we saw that his thought patterns were, were hopeless. We see isolation is also another of the symptoms of of depression and also a lack of a lack of motivation. And Elijah uh, exhibited all of these symptoms. We talk about the, the 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 sleep. He was sleeping. We talk about the lack of appetite. The angel had to wake him and tell him that he needs to eat. We talk about thoughts. He's thinking negatively. I might as well die now. Why do I need to live another day? God, take my life. Isolation. We saw in the passages that was read that Elijah told his servant to leave him and he went alone. So people who are, who are depressed usually show these symptoms. And we see this lack of motivation also where Elijah just gave up. He wasn't the prophet Elijah who was taking on the prophets of Baal anymore. He was Elijah who just wanted to be left alone under this tree doing nothing, just sleeping because life has become too much of a burden because he was depressed. And what I think is so interesting about what you described in those symptoms there, Michael, is how much physical symptoms come with the depression. So often you think of People may think of depression as just feeling sad or low, and it's sort of this uh, mental thing in terms of your feelings and your emotions, but it really affects you as a person as a whole. Yes, it really absolutely. affects all those areas. Yes. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. We are talking about the truth about depression today. If you happen to miss the first part of today's show and want to listen to it, we encourage you to check out our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or 
can call us for a copy of today's show at 613-699-1677. So I have a question for you, Michael, about some teaching that's out there. I, you, t- you touched on it a little bit at the top of the show. There seems to be among some faith leaders and maybe other people have spoken about this as well at different local levels and such that depression seems to be this or can be a cause of lack of faith in the Christian circles. And it's, you touched on before, maybe you're, you don't have faith or you're not praying enough or maybe there's some unresolved sin in your life or you're not close to God, which is why you're depressed. Well, so is this the cause of depression? Well, I think if we take that approach, it's, it, it's, it would be oversimplifying the issue because uh, depression can be for a wide range of reasons. And uh, it doesn't have to be faith-related. But I think when we, uh, when we, we tend to uh, look at depression from a Christian perspective, we tend to relate it to aspects of faith by saying, if the person had prayed more, they wouldn't be depressed. Or if they would read their Bible more, they wouldn't be depressed. Or why can't you just snap out of your depression and just trust God and give up all of those negative thoughts? Well, let us notice that God did not take any of those approach with Elijah. Like God didn't uh, tell Elijah that he needed faith or he needed to give up his negative thinking. What we found is that God gave Elijah something to eat. And I think that speaks volume because God is, is, is saying that the, what is happening with Elijah here is something physical. And we're told that the substance that God gave Elijah to eat, that Elijah was able to, to, to go for 40 days in the strength of that substance. So my, my take on that is that this wasn't a normal meal that God was given Elijah. This is some kind of medication that was very potent because no normal meal, no person goes in the strength of a normal meal for 40 days. So so God came to Elijah and God gave him something to eat. God woke him out of his out of his 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 hypersomnia and he gave him a substance that gave him strength and the ability to be able to do things that he would not be able to do without that substance. Another question I have about depression is whether or not it can be prevented. I, I think when we think about depression, we should think about it like the common cold, right? We can, we can take steps to try to minimize the risk of catching the common cold, but can you prevent it? Can you, can you, can you immunize yourself from it where you can say, I know that, you know, I'm living in such a way that it will never happen to me. I think we would agree that that that's not a realistic stance to take because any of us despite the fact that we're eating healthily despite the fact that we have been immunized against the common cold uh despite the fact that we're exercising we still realize that this is something that can happen to us so it's like that the depression yes you can take steps to minimize the risk of becoming depressed. But it doesn't mean that you cannot become depressed because even with all of those steps, it can still happen. So so some of the things that 
we can do to minimize the risk of becoming depressed is make sure that we get enough rest, make sure that we, we pay attention to the kind of things that we're putting in our mind, make sure that we meditate on positive things and so forth. But it doesn't mean that even with all of those steps that you cannot, you, that you will never become depressed because depression can also be cause be be due to a medical, uh, uh, sorry, a, a, a chemical imbalance in your brain. Where despite taking all of those steps, something can go awry. Just as how a person who is doing everything healthily can develop cancer, you can become depressed despite doing all of those positive things. So if someone is suffering from a depression, what step, steps can they take to begin getting help? Well, I think I may have alluded to that before because I think if you if you're become depressed, if you're if you're depressed and you realize that you know you're showing these symptoms that we have talked about, the the insomnia, hypersomnia, the lack of appetite, and you 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 are seeing life in a very negative way. I think it's it's important to begin to challenge some of those negative thoughts that you're having. If we read further in the story of Elijah, we see that one of the negative thoughts that Elijah was having is that he was the only prophet left and that now they were trying to kill him also. He was the only prophet of God left. So you can imagine this man, Elijah, who was so zealous for God, and he's thinking, wow, the whole of God's kingdom, of God's future is now hanging on my head, and they're about to kill me. What is going to happen to God's work? It's a bit God's of a burden. Plan? It's a bit of a burden. But we can see that this thought was not realistic because God is God. And God's plan and God's God's work will go on without us. But so he was taking on too much. And he was thinking of himself as too much of an important facet of in God's plan. So we see that God came alongside Elijah eventually and started challenging that thought. If we read further in 1 Kings 19, God said to Elijah eventually, not right away, but when he, when he had recovered uh, enough, God said to him, Elijah, you're not the only person left. I have 7,000 others <laughs> like just you. A few. <laughs> just, just a few. So that's one of the symptoms of depression. We tend to magnify the negative and make it bigger than what it really is. So I think one of the first thing you can begin to do is to really question some of those thoughts. Or if you're around someone who is depressed and you're trying to, to help them, after the nurturing piece, the self-care piece is done, I think it's important to begin to challenge those those thoughts. I think the other part of, of helping someone is depressed is trying to put life back in balance. If the person is isolating, get them out of that isolation. Uh, wake them up to go for walks if they're if they're sleeping too much you know uh, put exercise back into their routine Go, going for a walk is a good form of exercise and we can see that God did this with Elijah because the distance that God told him to go to involved a journey that he would have to walk several miles a day and this was all parts of, of part of God's plan in getting Elijah out of this depressive slump that he was in what role does 
medication play in the treatment of depression? Medication can play a very vital role because some of the steps that we talked about before, remember earlier I said that there are ranges of depression. So you can have a person who has just a change of mood that lasts for a couple of days and that's okay. You can help those people without medication. But on the far spectrum, we would have someone with a depressive episode where they, they can't think positive about anything. They can't get out of bed. They can't engage in life. Medication can be a big factor in helping those people take the first step towards becoming well because they might need medication before you can get them to go to walks, before you can challenge their their negative thoughts. And I think the medication that God gave to Elijah, that substance that he gave Elijah that was so potent needed to happen first before God could challenge the negative thought patterns that he had. So from what I'm hearing from today's topic is depression has a very wide range with a lot of different symptoms and the treatment of it involves a lot of different things as well. It's not one Absolutely. one thing that does it. So it's really important to speak to the right people, get help early because it, it takes a lot of things to um, get people through these episodes. Yes, and, and uh, in closing this, uh, this show, uh, let me say that God is not looking down on you if you're depressed. So if you're out there today and you're depressed and you have been made to feel as if you're less of a Christian because of your depression or that you lack faith, I would like you to read that story in 1 Kings 19 again because it shows a God who is very caring, who is very loving, who is coming beside you, who cares about you, who is not condemning you, but who is providing for you and wants you to get well. So we thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.